You are now listening to the Garden Faithful Podcast, the official New York Rangers podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back, New York Rangers fans, to another episode of the Garden Faithful Podcast. Your boy, Roger Fitz. We're back this week with another new episode. Uh, this is the... We're actually just going to kick this off with Fitz here. Uh, Fitz, how you doing today, bud? What a joke, dude. I hate the Jets. <laughs> I hate them so much. So, for those who are listening who don't know, uh, we, we were getting ready to record this podcast and Fitz was like, you're going to have to give me 15 minutes because I just found out the Jets hired Adam Gase as their head coach. So... I, I can't imagine you're doing well. I'm I'm like genuinely upset. I'm like I'm like genuinely angry. I, I just don't understand this this franchise. Like I'm seeing shit that like they they had Peyton Manning call like the Johnsons, and that was like the final thing. I'm like, oh my god, you think this guy is the reason Peyton Manning threw for 50 touchdowns like five years ago? Oh, they they think he's gonna like fix. He was so bad with the Dolphins. Like I I hate this narrative that like. He got a lot out of their talent because that's an absolute joke because his best talent hated him every year. Jarvis Landry, Sue, Devontae Parker, I mean, Jay Ajayi. Uh, he, he, like, healthy scratched Devontae Parker for a month mm-hmm. this year when he was, like, when they needed receivers. I just, I just don't understand it. It's outrageous that, like, the Rangers are literally getting mauled every night and they're, like, the most stable team I root for. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. Who did you prefer? Because I know the Gotham football chat, like the a lot of the Jets guys were, you know, there was a bunch of different names were being thrown around. But who who were you? Who did you want? I was fine with Kingsbury. I was fine with Rule. I was fine with like literally anyone who. I, honestly, Adam Gase was the one I wanted least. I even wanted Mike McCarthy more than I wanted him. Yeah. Like like Mike McCarthy. Like I get that he won a Super Bowl a decade ago, basically, but. Uh, he would have been better than this. This guy's a joke. Let's see. At least McCarthy has a ring. Like, I mean, that's like the one spin zone, I guess, between the two there. Yeah, and like he was a good coach when Aaron Rodgers was first getting started, too. And I get Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable, but like... Yo, yeah. It's still better than Adam Gase, man. He's he's a joke. Like, he's, he, he's hated by his players. Like, I don't, under, I don't understand. I so really don't. So I'm assuming don't. they brought him in because you said, like, obviously he, for, for lack of a better word, had success with Peyton Manning. Obviously, bring him in to try to help Darnold. Yeah, to help Darnold, but like at the same time, I mean, he just failed in the same division too. Yeah, that that's the part that really gets me heated. Like these guys, they saw him play, yeah, or coach twice a year, and they were like, uh, they're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> I have that. yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I just don't get it. I really don't. It, it's a baffling decision to me. Like I, I like I said, I would have literally rather had anyone. The word like my. Dad and one of my best friend's brothers, like, are Dolphins fans. And, like, what my friend's brother is, like, diehard. And he has been just hating on Gase for, like, two years now. And, like, just tells me all the stuff because he's, like, a hardcore fan. So he reads all the beat writers and everything and the quotes. And they're, like, wild how much these guys hated him. And and the Jets are just, like, we need him. We need him for four years to waste our good rookie quarterback's rookie contract and not put a – we're going to trust the guy who hired him with $100 million in cap space. I can't wait for that, too. Yeah, that's tough. Like, I, I'm obviously I'm a Bills fan, so, like, I show no remorse for the Jets in this situation. 
and I wish nothing but the worst upon them. But it stinks. Like it's it stinks when your team like does the exact opposite. Because I, I like I said like they, even like the Gotham football chat. Like I'm not a huge football guy. Like I don't know a lot of the names people were throwing around. But it seemed like the one. The one to two people that were being tossed up, they're like, no Adam Gase and like no Mike McCarthy for the Jets. And they took probably the worst of the two. And it's, it's a very Jets thing. Like, you guys are incredibly consistent in terms of the way your organizations run. Yeah, incredibly. We are consistent. I mean, it's all you can really ask for. Consistently bad. The Jets are consistently bad. Uh, it's Mike McCagnan. He should have been fired, too. I don't know. I, I'm really not happy they kept him around either. He's their GM. It's just oh, what even the warrior. I can't even look to the Warriors for like solace right now because they're struggling. Like what what is going on with my life? Well, like would you rather? And this is as a Jets fan, but like would you rather have Bowles for another season or? Adam yeah, Gase? I, honestly, I honestly would have rather had Bowles and just get a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I, that's probably what I would have assumed. I mean, that. Todd Bowles was not a good head coach, but like the players all talk about talked about him like they liked him yeah. and. And I mean, he just, it's just, they should have just gotten rid of McCagnan. I can't believe they let, if this doesn't work out this year and the things go terribly south, they have to fire both of them. They can't afford to you can't mess up Darnold. Years Darnold. Yeah, especially when he's young like this. Like, you need to get the right people around him. Yeah, it's tough. Like, luckily, I got Josh Allen, who's self taught, best running back in the league. So, it's incredible at running the football. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like Sean McDermott more than I like Adam Gase. Yeah, me too. For the most part, not his fault. I mean, he the guy could put together a defense too. Like that, Bill's defense has been obviously very good. But yeah, the, the, I mean, it's hard when like Josh Allen's best receiver is Robert McKenzie. So that's yeah. uh that's a hell of a name. But well, I'm talking about a guy who gets the most out of his talent. Sean McDermott gets the most out of his talent. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that team had no business winning as many games as they did this year. Like they were almost pushing eight and eight, which I would have had to get a tattoo of Josh Allen on my ass if they would have. So, kind of blessed that they didn't do that. But um, yeah, you're, it's tough to be you right now. I mean, the, all your all your teams are kind of like dwindling. I mean, I mean, like just talk with the Jets, Rangers zero and three on this road trip, zero and four since twenty nineteen started, outscored twenty two to five in those four oh, games. I mean, getting boat race shellac. Like, and, and and obviously worst case scenario coming up, we play home and home with the Islanders, which is like literal worst case scenario. Um, do you have any? Oh, they're going to win handedly. The, the Islanders are going to win handedly. Oh, easy. The, I, I think they dummy them 3-0, 3-0 plus both games. I don't think the Rangers score a goal these next two games. It would not shock me with the way Leonard's been playing and with how the Rangers have no other talent. No, and nobody's scoring anymore. And I, I guess we'll start there. Like, do you, over the first like these last four games since twenty nineteen started, do you have a single positive out of games where they've been outscored twenty two to five? No, honestly, not really. Not one. Like so, I like, I, I like can't think of a. I mean, <laughs> the players during the World Juniors look good, but yeah, but like that's really about it. That's literally mean, the, the best the thing that's happened Rangers, for the Rangers yeah. with over the last two weeks was the World Juniors, and like we'll talk about that in a bit, like not extensively, but we'll do all work. But um, yeah, I I don't have one positive. It was even so much last night where like. I had the opportunity to watch the game because it was a late night game. I was like, I'm going to go catch a movie instead. I went to go see Vice. I was like, I'm just not – like, I'm. why would I waste three hours? And I get like people like, oh, if you're a fan, you'll watch the games. Like, nah, dude, I got stuff to do. Like, if they're not going to put an effort and half this team's not going to be on the – like, the roster's going to be different next year, why should I, you know, throw away three hours of a night when I know the result is going to be? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I always start out watching the games, and then yeah. if they just get haywire, then I'll obviously I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch something else or go do something with my life. <laughs> just but yeah, anything else productive. Yeah, like it's just it's just a lot of like wait and see right now, which is like the worst part. Is like I got tweeted the other day the, the trade deadline's like seven weeks away. Yep. And that feels like so long. That feels um, like a lifetime. It's been pretty much be another season away at this point. Like I, it, it's 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 insane. And, and again, just the way they played, it's this. It, one, it's not fun to watch, obviously. Two, it's not fun to talk about, like especially even like doing like the show. Like obviously we have other things to talk about tonight, thank God. But like in terms of just playing the ice, like I don't know how you can sit there and even begin to digest how they've been playing when it's just been dog shit. Like that's your analysis if you want one. They they haven't played well. Uh, everybody's kind of hit a wall. It looks like like even no, Hank. Yes, Hank's hit a wall. Hayes has hit a wall. Like I know Hayes out. Hayes has been out hurt. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's right. Ball, yeah. He looks like he's like the team MVP right now, honestly, because they've looked so without him, yeah, so bad without him. But yeah, they like you said, everyone's hit a wall. Like no one's really scoring anymore. Heedle is, you know, he Howden yeah, that really stretch. Of Howden, Howden, because uh, somebody at Blue Shirt wrote that blog today, and I read it, and that's what's throwing me off. Howden yes, hit the wall too. Yeah, he's been he's been struggling. Yes. I mean, with him, like I'm okay with. He's 20 years old. Yeah, that but, like, I'm not worried about. But, like that's like that's what you need to see. Like honestly, like. The pe- I, there a lot of the big debate these days is about like Tony D'Angelo on defense and everything, and I'm just like, I can't like get worked up about that. I'm I'm all for seeing what you have with for sure. players who are young-ish, but at the same time, I just I have a tough time seeing Tony D'Angelo as like a part of this team moving forward. So, I mean, I I don't think he has any trade value, even if he was playing no, like somewhat. He's like legitimately not a good guy to have in the locker room. Like I I. I said this the other day like I had a I have a friend who used to work for the Lightning and you know Jonathan Drouin was on that team when he was working there he said Jonathan Drouin yeah. was like a kind of a pain in the ass sometimes and the people who worked with him said they were there when D'Angelo was on the Lightning and they just said like if you think he's bad you should have seen what what Tony was like like he was just he was just not good and at the same time if you don't think teams know that I mean, right you're, you're fooling yourself so like I don't think he has any sort of value even if he was playing somewhat decently and like like last night that penalty he took was just dumb oh, like I get I get yeah, I get people that were talking about the same hit happened to him earlier and I, I completely agree with that like he should have been a penalty on Patrick Reddy but at the same time like you have to be smarter than that you just have to be a smarter player like the the boarding call like whatever people said it was soft it, it's a penalty he, he hit the guy in the numbers when he was like two feet away from the boards, like you can't do that. And he saw him for like a second or two. And then the, the misconduct is just so dumb. Like, like Patrick, just puts a stick up to give like a light cross check and you just sock him in the face. Like, uh, like that's the, that's the type of shit that gets you benched. Yeah. And when you're fighting for, when you're fighting for a spot just as like a player and you know that you need to basically be on top of your shit, like you need to be a plus the entire game. You know the coach is watching you. You know a couple dumb mistakes right here are going to send you right back to the press box. That's like the dumbest mistake you could do. And they score on, score on the penalty, and you have to sit for another 10 minutes. It's just – it's it's baffling. Exactly what I was going to say about the D'Angelo situation. Like, I, I, I get um, – you won't find me arguing about it. You won't find me getting upset about it. The one thing I will say is like that is exactly the point you just made is – if you're going to finally get your chance to crack into the lineup, which we've been, people have been yammering for, and you know, I think fans, even if you don't like the guy personally, again, we'll never talk about all that stuff because that's not the show. But we're just talking about him with the Rangers organization. Like, 
if if he needs to get his chance to get on the ice, you can't take those penalties. Like that's literally like it just to me it just think I just I just think he's dumb. I don't it's not even that he's not a good hockey player. He's just dumb, and he just doesn't have the mental capacity to be in the pros right now. Because if you're on the bench and you're, you know, you're in the press box every night, and you're like, once I get out there, I gotta make an impact for my team. How do you think getting a ten minute misconduct is gonna be the way that that's gonna keep you in the lineup for the next game? Like, yeah. it, 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 even when he played semi well, and people were like, oh, I think he's good, he was still getting benched. So there must be behind the scenes stuff where you know David Quinn or the front office or whoever's making these decisions, whether it be Lindy Ruff even see something I'm like we don't like this kid we don't need him on the lineup right now we'll put him in when we need to there, there's something going on and like obviously what you just said with your buddy with Tampa it's so evident that something very clearly is along those lines where they're like he's just not a good guy to have on this team and you know right now we have to keep him in the lineup because who else are you going to call up at this point and without I'd probably feel like the same way we do is like the lineup's going to look very much different going forward next year anyway so it, whether he's riding the press box this year or not the kid's lost every single ounce of trade value he's ever had, and he's just going to be kind of come one of those guys who's going to be a fringe AHL player going forward. I feel like so. You know, he's also I, like two teams already traded him. But he's not even twenty three yet. Yeah, like that. In one, the one of them's the best team in the league. Like, yeah, and he was block. a first round draft pick too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a late first. He was a late first late first rounder and traded, like, drafted by Tampa, traded to yeah, the Coyotes. It's always. Dude, right-handed defensemen are like the most coveted thing in the yeah. league right now, and, and they were like just ready. They were just like, "Nah, we're done. I've had enough." Twice, so and it was it was Eiserman who did that too. It wasn't like it was the new, the new guy or some shit there. Like that was right. prime Steve Eiserman time. And like, I, I get it. And like, people are gonna point the finger and be like, "I told you so." And again, I don't think it's for lack of being a bad hockey player. So I, I think he has talent. It's, he's in the NHL. Like, you have to have talent to get drafted where he does. So he is a decent hockey player who he just has to figure it out. He's just dumb. Like he, he, I'm going to say, he, he just mentally does not have hockey smarts, and he, he just isn't mature enough to be on this team, which is fine. Like, it, it, take that trade for what it is, and, you know, that trade's going to end up coming on to how Leas Anderson performs. Would, would you still make that trade today, knowing how it turns out? Probably would. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and you could say what you want about Stepan, but you're probably making that trade still. And it sucks to hear, but... That's that's the situation the Rangers put themselves in, and all, I think Gorton kind of how we did with the Spooner situation. You can right the wrong. I mean, worst case scenario, you get a six round, seventh round draft pick for this kid. At worst, if any team it wants to take a chance on him, just like screw it, we'll throw him into the system. If we need him, we'll try him, we'll pull him out. And worst case scenario, we lost a sixth, seventh round pick for a guy that would probably end up with the same route as what they're going to do with D'Angelo. So at this point, there's the guy. There's no point in getting worked up about it, and I get wanting to see what you have, but every time he's played at this point, the guy just stinks. And, like, he's just mentally not there. And he's making dumb mistakes, dumb penalties that's costing the team that's already suffering enough as it is. And it'd be one thing if the team was playing very well and he was, like, the one bad standout. It's like, dude, when the team's getting slacked every night, 3, 4, 5, nothing, the last thing we need is dumbing somebody from behind into the boards when you see the numbers. Like, give Adam McQuaid credit for fighting Ryan Reeves the other night in Vegas. He got worked, got absolutely turtled. But at least he did like what I guess Adam McQuaid's supposed to do, and he fought the toughest guy in the league. He didn't go out and like scum some dude from behind. Like that's that's not helping the team. It's not helping your case. It's just going to keep you in the press box. And now I feel no remorse for you. I, I hope you stay in the press box at this point. Yeah, I. It, it's just what I, I'm. I'm just like I'm. I'm just 
cool with it at this point. I, I go back to what Nick Nick Mercadante said. This shout out to him on the on the Blue Shirt Breakaway podcast with our guys Greg and Ryan. Um, that like he has like decent numbers and like his analytics kind of look good, but at the same time, like you watch him play and there's like two or three times a game where it's like this this guy has no idea how to play defense. Like no there there's sometimes when there's like a team coming up on the rush. And he just like randomly, he'll be on the far side. He'll just cut towards the puck carrier, and like just vacate a lane. And yeah. it's just like, what are you doing, dude? Like he he. One time I saw, I remember he took like one of the worst pursuit angles. Like you're as a defenseman, if you get beat, you gotta haul ass back to the near post. And like his angle was like so bad, it was like going into a corner or some shit. It was just, it was wild. And yeah, I, I whatever. At this point, I'm not a fan. Yeah, me I'm either. fine. I'm fine with him sitting in. The, I'm fine with whatever with him. I mean, sure. Yeah, I'm the same. If they want to play him, fine. Yeah, and if he's still on the team in three months, he's going to play. That's yeah. just the way it's because because there's there's going to a couple of these guys aren't going to be here. He'll be the guy who probably benefits most from the trade deadline. Yeah, him, him and like a guy like Buchnevich and Heedle, like the younger guys will play more. And, and I, I talk about a guy who set a wall too with Buch. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a young player. You know, what are you gonna do? I don't want to say anything. People get mad at me when I talk about Booch. Well, I mean, it, it, to be fair, it's not like you're like poorly criticizing him. Like, yeah, I get he got moved to the fourth line recently in the most recent game, so that's the easy scapegoat to go to. But the guy, the guy has just like is so few and far between the flashes of talent that we know he has. It's just he's so incredibly inconsistent. It's not where like Danzel, where I think Danzel is just straight dumb and doesn't have the hockey smarts. I think Booch is hockey smart. He's just so inconsistent, and like I don't know how like you grade that as you know an analytics guy, as a stat or whatever, or just as a hockey fan. But like to me, that's all I see with him is like he has flashes of brilliance, and then at times he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing on the ice. It's it, again, he's very young. That that could come with time, and I think it will. But it's just now. It's just I think the whole team's that way too. And again, it's not just me picking on two players. I think the whole team's been god awful, and everybody like. If they lose these next two games, and I guess that's kind of where we'll go, is like we we both just kind of agreed that we think both these games are we're going to chalk them up as L's. Um, you know what what is Gordon waiting for? You know, like how is he not gotten on the phone during? What are we waiting for to try to like get this rebuild or get these moves going? Because we know they're coming. We know there's going to be trades. Like at this point, if we lose six straight games and if we're getting blown out, like let's say we score two, even two goals. We'll be outscored almost thirty to six in the next six games. Like, how do you not realize? Okay, we have an issue. We're closer to the bottom of the league than we are a playoff spot. What am I waiting for? Yeah, I think I think they're honestly just waiting for a stretch like this, like to just be yeah. bad for like a extended period. Because like, um, the talk coming to the year is they wanted to make the playoffs. I mean, and I don't yeah. blame them for Hank and everything. That's what you should say. I'm all for that. Um, but at the same time, the writing was kind of on the wall with a lot of the moves, a lot of what happened last year, a lot of the talk from like Jim Dolan and everyone. Like they're like, "Now, nah, like we're doing this right. Like we're doing this right." And like, obviously, we're still in wait and see mode if they're going to do that. But um, really, I just think like the beginning of the like that November stretch kind of just pushed everything back a few weeks. To be honest with you, yeah. Like I, I think we would be talking about the moves happening like. Right after, like right around now, I think they would honestly be happening like now if they had like a stretch like this in early December or like or late November or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like this is the kind of stretch that pushes stuff forward, like gets things, gets the ball rolling, basically. Um, 
because I think the smoking mirage is over. You know, they're winning a lot of games in shootouts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not very. They're just, they're just not a good team, and no. I think they knew they were going to struggle this year. And now they got to do the moves. Then they got to keep replenishing. I'm all for. I don't want to trade everyone. I'm not one of those right. people. Like I, I know, a lot of people have the the take like if they're over 22 or something, trade them. <laughs> I'm just like that. That's yeah. That's not that I don't. Do. I don't agree with that at all. Like I still think you need veteran pieces around to help players like legitimately the off ice stuff showing them how to be a grown up in New York City like one of the more the biggest cities one of the biggest cities in the world so a lot of distractions a lot of a lot of people trying to get money from you hitting you up all the time I mean it's just like one of those things so I'm fine with keeping vets around but like I do think the guys who who have to go are Zuccarello obviously which sucks because he's a fan favorite and he's been around for a long time yeah and like Honestly, I like Kevin Hayes. I like what he's become. It probably makes the most sense to trade him. So, you know, I don't want to beat that dead horse because it's been like a yeah, talking point yeah. for a while. But like, I think I've, I've, I'm in that side now, like fully. Like, I get it. I'm with, I'm with everyone. I, I, I probably fell victim a little bit to the to the nine and one stretch too. Oh, we all. For sure. I, mean, I thought this team was making the playoffs out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I thought they hit good fight. For the last spot, but at the same time, that yeah. would be terrible. They would just get slaughtered, dummied in the first round. It's it just because uh, how bad the Metro is, which is a whole nother topic. But yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Zook specifically, I think we could talk about because we haven't really thrown his name around because we, you know, a lot of times it's been distracted by Hayes or Kreider, and Zook's been hurt. So you know, now that he's back playing, and like the guy just doesn't have it with the Rangers here. And I know they talked about he had an interview where he kind of talked about like it just feels like he's playing with like a broken heart or something like that. Which I, I get, like he's put so much time and effort into here, and just to inevitably know that you're probably gone, you've seen all your buddies go, like it, it, it can't be easy on a guy like that, and especially the amount of hockey he's played and the amount of blood, sweat, tears he's probably put in this team. Like I get it from Zook's standpoint. Like I completely understand if he's upset, if it's affecting his play on the ice. That's just natural. Like that's just being a straight human. But you know, it's time for him to go, and I think we're. This is like, I mean, I don't know, taking it for serious or not. But I think where we screwed up as Rangers fans is something we should have rallied behind. And I don't know if anybody's ever, anybody's already started this rally call. But they, the, the All Star Games, doing this like last man in thing, and oh Zook, yeah, Zook was the nominee for the Rangers. Is like one of the last man in. That was crazy. How, That's insane. One, it's dumb. It's like how is it not Kevin Hayes or Kreider? And I get Hayes was hurt, but he wasn't. I would honestly rather he sees a banner too. That too. But and we as a fan base, instead of just being like, why did they pick Zooks? I don't know how we didn't rally and just be like, we all have to vote Zook in. Just like whatever little value it means to have the guy go to the All Star game is like, can you just John Scott, yeah, American Wyszynski did be, back in the day. Yeah, be like, yo, like, hey, we're trading away an All Star, um, so you know that's gonna cost a little more. We should have just rallied behind Zook to the All Star game just for the fact that I think it could have helped his trade value in any way, shape, or form. But that's either here or there. But yeah, I hate to say it. Quick aside on the All Star Game, yeah. I think it's honestly because people just don't care about it at all. Oh, not at all. No, and it, it's very evident that people don't. But people love to bitch about it. Like people don't care about the game, but they love to bitch about how Carrier Price is going to the All Star Games. Like, dude, who cares? Uh, it doesn't really matter who goes. No, yes, you'd like to see certain players there, but like the games, like they, it's not like the guys are going there to compete for a, like home field in the World Series. They're literally going there to spit like what, like 
$20,000 amongst like the 20 of them. They all boozed up probably. That's what I'm saying. Like you're, They're probably blasted hangover from the skills competition the night before. They're playing hungover the next day. These guys aren't hitting each other. They're just excited to get some uh, screen time the at NBC. The 3 is kind of cool too. I like the 3-on-3. Three three. The 3-on-3 three three is great. It's a great format. But like these guys have – yeah, it's, it's not like they don't want to be there because obviously I'm sure it's an honor for them. But nobody's taking it seriously. So what does it matter if a goalie with a 904 save percentage is going in and like – and Freddie Anderson isn't. Like, again, I'm sure it would mean a lot to Freddie Anderson. But, well, I mean, that's just Leafs fans, man. Come on. Well, yeah, no, Leafs fans. Yeah, specifically. But you give me, like, a guy like Jeff Skinner. Like, to me, Jeff Skinner is a guy who should easily be in the All-Star game. Sure, Wait, he wasn't an All-Star? No, it's Eichel. Um, Skinner was in the last man in vote. Which, again, like, I mean, yeah. He should get in, honestly. For sure. He's under- just based by play. But if he doesn't, is it the end of the world? No, the guy's still having a career year when he's about to sign a deal and get that money and he's about to get that bag so do you think when he signs that contract he's gonna look back and be like gee golly i wish i would have went to the all-star game and got to wear those monocolored jerseys which i don't hate the white jerseys as i looked at them i don't just i don't love them i don't hate them i think the black whatever the grayish blackish ones awful but again like this is to some of these players i guess it can mean things but at the end of the day it's really going to turn out like it's just not gonna it's it's not gonna matter it's the all-star game it's not it's not like how baseball used to be. They're not playing for home you know, home field in the World Series. They're not playing for anything that matters. It's for screen time at NBC and to represent your team. That's all it is. It does not matter at all. Yeah, I agree. Well said. I mean, I like the NBA All-Star game just because that's like watching just pick up basketball, and that's fun as fuck. But yeah. at the same time, you're, Jimmy Butler didn't play last year because he was so hungover. So it's just like same thing. Even, it's not really a big deal. Even like the NBA skills comp is more fun to watch well, than the NHL. Actually, you know what I'll say? I'll say like the only reason All-Star game matters for the NBA is just because people use it as like a benchmark when like comparing players. Oh, yeah. You always hear like so-and-so made X amount of All-Star games or most All-Star games in history, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that's the only reason it matters there. That's probably why it's, it's like the one people watch the most. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, for some reason, I always, no matter what, it's kind of like the home run derby for me. Like, I watch baseball, the home run derby. Always yeah. watch the baseball? Not even baseball, but I watch the basketball. Like, I like I like the night before. Like, I don't really care about the actual game. I like, like, the skills competition. Like, for example, I went to, the, last weekend, I went to the Sabres. They held their own skills competition for just their team. So, they split it up two teams, blue and white. And they, they just did, like, a mini skills competition. That was super fun to watch because it's, like, you're seeing these guys, some of these guys' abilities, but they're not, like, over-trying hard and nothing crazy. Like, they're having fun with it. It's just fun to see players having fun. And it, 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 the All-Star game, like, they're just kind of skating around. But when it's, like, the skills competition, I feel like there is a little bit of edge of competitiveness. And, like, again, you see it in the Home Run Derby. You see it in the, the Slam Dunk competition. You see it in, like, the NHL skills competition. So, for me, is like that's the important part of All Star Weekend. But yeah, like I'll, I'll tune into the uh, the dunk contest every year. I'll turn into the home run derby every year. If you tell me the NHL All Star games, I'm I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to put it like to like to just be like I oh, gotta gotta get on there. Yeah, I I, I concur. Um, back to the range, like the trademark though. I do want to add, like, do but like, are you worried that? Because I know this is what some people's worries is if like the Rangers keep winning, that the market's going to get saturated because more teams are going to start to sell. Like let's say like teams like the Flyers and you know other these, these bottom of the barrel teams maybe are going to start selling off some pieces and it's going to reduce the value for the Rangers. Do you buy that at all? Because I, I I'm having a hard time buying into that. Um, I kind I, I I see it for sure. Yeah. Um, just because like from everything you read from like an Elliot Friedman or like the cut cut stances of the world, it's all like. There's a lot more teams are going to be sellers than buyers this year. 
so that could obviously mess everything up. But at the same time, I think that's why they should probably get the ball rolling a little sooner than later just to be ahead of this. And if teams really want their players, you know, they'll be able to offload them, I think, for sure. Yeah. So here's the reason why I'm not worried. And this is the beauty of the NHL is just the amount of parity there is in the NHL. It's like, look at some yeah. of these teams who are on the bubble and these newer teams who are going to have a chance to, like, really make some noise in the playoffs. For example, a team like Calgary, who I now think is a perfect fit for Kevin Hayes. Like, they are, they might be a Kevin Hayes away from being one of the scariest teams in the playoffs just because of how good their offense is now. And if you look at their lineup, they're not necessarily that deep down the middle and they're not deep in their roster, but they have very talented players. So teams like Calgary, teams like Colorado, teams like Winnipeg, some of these teams that have been there but can't get over that hump will start to look, and they're not just going to look at one spot. They're not going to be like, oh, the Rangers are selling, the Flyers are selling, the Red Wings are selling. It's like they're going to go get the best available player. And if you look at, I think Friedman did, or who does the 31 thoughts or whatever. Is it Friedman. Friedman? Yeah, he did yeah. it. And he had, what who did he have? He had Hayes as his number four. He had Kreider as his like, Oh, yeah, that was 12. the athletic one. That yeah. was the athletic one, yeah. Craig Custance, yeah. Custance, yeah. And he had, so he had like three Rangers in what, the top 20? Yeah, yeah. So that's to me why I think I'm not worried. Specifically, if we said, if we've all decided, yeah, okay, yeah, Kevin Hayes we're parting with, and that's sad, but it's best for the team, it's best for business. Um, teams are going to want Kevin Hayes. Like, that's just, that's how the demand, like, I think the, the, the want and demand is for the NHL. It's not like, oh, what teams are selling pieces that we're just going to pick because they're selling. It's like, no, we're going to try to get the player that's going to fit best into our system. And I, I, Kevin Hayes has a connection with Johnny Gaudreau. I, I feel like he's about to say that. Yeah. Like I, to me, it just makes more and more sense. Like I kept pushing Buffalo, but like the more I think about, it, like and just been watching because I, I love Calgary. I love Johnny Hockey, Johnny Ham and Cheese. Love that dude. It's that team is so good, and they're just really good offensively. But they're just not that deep. So like how, like for me, that's why I'm not worried. Is like if Calgary's smart and they start to look at the board and they're like, look at, and they could probably ask Johnny Gaudreau, like, be like, what do you think? And like this is that's that's a guy they would target. So to me, I get market saturation because there's more sellers than buyers. But it's smart buyers over like the amount of sellers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got, I, I see that. Um, yeah, Calgary. You just kind of, I didn't even really think about them, but yeah, they make a lot of sense. I bet you Johnny Gaudreau tells the tells their GM that he uh, would love Kevin Hayes. Oh yeah, I can see him signing there too. They played on the same line in college, I think, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it. Uh, I, I actually, I'm always a year late with the Flames, dude. I bet them to win the West last year, and they were yeah. just terrible. And I was going to do it this year, and then I'm like, yeah, they burnt me last year. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but yeah, and that, but there's again, there's just so many teams that are just so different that feel like they, they just need to make that impact in the playoff. Again, even still a team like Buffalo, I'm still going to roll out for a team. like a, a, Maybe Buffalo gets Zuccarello. Like, just a, a guy who, like if they're going to be on the bubble, they're going to try to make noise in the playoffs. A, a team like Winnipeg and get a Zuccarello, or I, I know people think Hayes of the Jets is a big one. That's been one that's been going around for a while. It's like, yeah, that that it makes sense. If you're looking at the teams who are going to be buying, these are teams who are going to try to get te- past teams like Nashville, who are going to try to get past teams like San Jose in the East. They're going to try to get past Washington, Tampa, Toronto. Like these teams, they're they're going to want to compete. They're not just it's like playing. an arms race this year. I feel like right, like and and they're not just playing to get into the playoffs. Like yeah, it's cool. Like for Buffalo, for example, they finally get into the playoffs. Yeah, they're, this year. they're like them and the Hurricanes. Like those are teams like me that they they don't really care that they're not a contender. They just want to make the playoffs. Yep. And they and they want like to make those, noise in there too. Yeah, and those are the teams you should target. Like if they because if they want to buy, then then 
you know, by all means, take advantage of that. But, like, I, I think, like, there's genuinely, in, like, there's people want to make the playoffs. They want to have playoff hockey, especially for cities that haven't had it in so long, like uh, yep. Buffalo. You know, Carolina's, like, really can, can just – they've been the breakout team for the past six years, and they just haven't been able to get over the hump. So, I mean, there's something that's got to they're, – they're, they're, like, two teams that I think are going to make, like, a move for, like, a significant other – piece I, I don't really know who else is out there because i've only been like listening to the rangers once Same. but you know I, I could just see them making a splash it, like you said for these owners and that's why again that's why i'm still not worried is there's if they're smart and they should be because they, they you know they're making the decisions and you know they're not peter Torelli, but they they're gonna you said they, they want to get to the playoffs for more reasons than just being in the playoffs. For them, it's additional revenue. That's jersey sales. It's it, you know, it's more attendance. It's other games that they put money in their pocket. And it's not all about the money. But if you don't think that's a main motif for these guys to get into the playoffs, is you know, like this is extra. This is huge for the city, especially if you said those teams haven't been there a while. Like that, that's jersey sales. It's, it's people rallying around the team more. You know, the parties in the plazas, watching the out the games outdoors, like. You know, just tickets. It's everything combined into one. So these GMs are going to do, if they're on that bubble, if those are the teams towards the, the trade deadline who are like two, four points out, they're going to buy to try to get themselves. And they don't have to go crazy. Like none of these teams, I'm saying they have to start buying everything in sight. But if you buy that one to two extra piece that can get you into the like that ball. I mean, just look how important that Marty St. Louis trade was for the Rangers. Yeah. Like, yep. like just a, a move just like that where it was just a swap. And just look at the difference uh, Marty St. Louis made in that run. Like, Things like that where you don't like the Rangers bought smart that year and they didn't buy like they, they they it was it was probably an even exchange at the time for a guy who they've gotten more usage out of with Callahan now than you know the Rangers got with uh, St Louis but like they bought him for the moment and that it worked so that's what yeah, teams yeah. like that have to do and I think that's what we'll see and that's why I'm not worried in terms of the Rangers because they have all the players that they'd be looking to ship out fit that mold of the guy that a team would buy to try to get them over the bubble or over the hump, so. Yeah, I agree with that. I would just say there's, my only counter to that would be, like, there's just no one of Marty St. Louis' caliber. Oh, no, yeah. Right oh, no, not but, like, at all. At the same time, I, I get what you're saying, that, like, teams want that one right. extra piece. Like, again, like, the, like, to just use the caliber thing, like, Goudreau is vouching for Hayes, and they think it's a reasonable, and they don't have to give up the farm. Like, yeah, like, if it's a first and a prospect, it might be worth it for a team that's scoring at astronomical rates to be able to compete against teams like Nashville and San Jose in the West this year in the playoffs. Because, again, I think Calgary is a very legit, very good team, but they're going to need help, and that's what the trade deadline's for. So, um, yeah, market saturation, I'm not too worried about it. I, I yeah, Yes, I would like for them to get the ball rolling now. I'd love for Jeff to be on the phone. And I think we kind of talked about, like, in terms of fan perception, there's no better time than now while you're in a skid. Especially, I, I know they lost four games in a row. And one of those games was to Pittsburgh, but the other three were, like, to Western Conference opponents, so that hurts less. But if they lose these next two games to the Islanders, those are rival games against the team the fan base hates the most, that fan base, is a fan base who's been very loud this season, is going to get louder and louder and louder, and, you know, it, it's going to force some hands, and that, that's kind of what you want. But, again, worst-case scenario, if they do keep waiting for the perfect opportunity, again, there's always injury that you don't want to root for, but if a team has a player go down, Boom! That value goes up, and it is what it is. So it's, it is still just a wait and see. It was like it's been all year, but now it's to the point where, like you said, that if they were going to wait for a time like this, where they kind of know that that they were six points away from a playoff spot, and now they're six points away from the bottom of the league, this is the time to do it. Like especially if you're going to commit to the rebuild, like they said they were going to. 
Yep, I completely agree. Um, I'm just also so disgusted still by this Jets news, dude. I'm like, I'm like, legitimately upset. <laughs> well, g- good thing you have such a good owner with the Rangers and Knicks in yeah. terms of Jimmy Dolan that would never let you oh. down. Um, let's talk about that really quick because I, I got some heat for a comment I made about Dolan and uh, there were the well, he so if you didn't see he traveled with the team. I don't know if he traveled. It was a planned visit. No matter what, like even before this skid, this is a planned visit that he was going to visit with the Rangers um, in Vegas before the Vegas game. And, you know, they he made some comments. I made a joke thing that, like, you know, that Dolan is as dumb as we think he is and he, he doesn't know the Rangers. And the only reason he knows they exist is because he knows Henrik Lundqvist is a musician. And people were like, well, if you read the, the New York Post article, like he actually says some intelligent things. So I'm just going to read some of the quotes from the New York Post article. And this is from CEO Jimmy Dolan, who owns the Rangers, so take them for what you will. He says, The stew has just gotten on the flames, so like everybody else, I'm waiting to see where we're going to be. I'm very happy with our coach. He's a teaching coach, a development coach who understands how to work with kids, bring their level up, and build a team. I'm very happy with how the organization is organizing itself around the development. We're staying the course. Bro, he doesn't say anything. Like, that's it's the most nothingness quote I have ever heard that's in what my your entire life. Say. Right, like, thank God he's saying that. Stuff. He's just he's just regurgitating what he probably said to David Quinn before he hired, before he was involved in the hiring process. Like that, it's 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 dumb. Like he, so in other ways, like you know, it, he goes, it shouldn't surprise. This is this is regarding like the skin. He goes, you know, it shouldn't surprise you too much. It's an opportunity though to learn, especially for the kids. They'll probably always remember this dip because it's so dramatic. Hopefully, we won't see this again. It's part of the learning process, bro. He doesn't say anything, and I'm, I'm not. Oh, picking I kind of like that quote. But he, but it's so easy to say. Like he's not saying anything groundbreaking. Like people were like when I made that joke about like Dolan being dumb. They're like, well, you should really read the article. It's like no, I I read it. I I didn't think he said anything that was other than like a cookie cutter. What you what, he didn't say anything other than what you expect your owner to say in that situation. Yeah, I also respect what he's. I'm reading over the quotes again. I respect what he says about tanking. What was that one again? Um, says like he doesn't uh, believe in tanking, and I'm a fan of that. Yeah, which is again, you know, owner is going to openly admit that. I feel like. Yeah, or and I also he is reasoning like, it just creates toxic environments. Oh yeah, and like the one quote, I guess what I say, like he he says he goes, "You have responsibility to the fans. Fans pay for the tickets, and they deserve the best game you can give them. That's probably number one. But when you go in and tell a team, even if you're just telling the coach to lose a game, you're dispiriting your team. That hurts more than getting your draft pick helps. It's hard to reunite the spirit team again. That's exactly what you'd want your owner to say. The rebuild, the rebuild letter that they put out wasn't saying we're tanking. It's saying we're changing the course of how things are going, and that's fine. And nobody was like, I know the joke was a tank is." going on and on and on and on and on and we keep going through this tank 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 but exactly what he's saying is like yeah that's that's kind of we've, we've kind of known that i mean me and you have been saying it since episode one that we've been back like it's like you don't like want to create this culture of tank because culture is a real thing so like for me and you just to be average joes who have podcast mics to be able to just recognize that like that's why i'm not super impressed by he says and yeah it's cool to hear your owner say that but, like, it's something that we've been saying, uh, like, ourselves. And I'm not trying to say that we're, like, owners of the team and that we should be credited for saying that. Because for, for me, it's just, like, it's not that hard to understand. It's like, yeah, like, openly losing every single game is toxic for the players that are around it. But you want to create a good culture, you know, while still keeping the course. So, while still developing, I'll say, is the word that he used a lot. So, for, I don't know. For me, I, I, I don't think Dolan's anything bad. It's just, like, I'm not impressed and, like, I, I don't feel like I have to be. Yeah, no, that's fair. I respect that. 
But yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it, it, again, with the Knicks season is going uh, to, to compare with the Knicks, the Knicks has been going as perfectly as I guess you could want it to. Like, they they, they lose every single game, and Porzingis is out, right? Yeah, yeah. That well, that's like the biggest difference between the Knicks and the Rangers, honestly. It's like to me. Hank is playing every night almost, and Porzingis yes. is not. Yeah, yeah. If if Hank was like out for a year for some reason, they would they would literally do nothing but. But there would be there would be no one on like there would be a couple guys left basically I think and everyone else would be gone. The Knicks are basically playing like they basically told three of their veterans they're not going to play anymore. Yeah, which is smart, and I bet you that's where shit's going for the Rangers at some point too. Yeah, I just think that like the Knicks from the jump had an incentive to tank. Like this is the last year of a certain lottery rules in the NBA. Wait, really? Yeah, it's like they're just like the percentages to change uh, around, um, and like they, they they need they're trying to attract the NBA is just a different league. Like mm. it takes one player to become a good team again, and the Knicks are trying this summer to get that one player. So if they bring back a healthy KP and they get a top three pick, like that's a pretty appealing like draw to a big time right. free agent. So it's just like a different situation than the Rangers. Who, while yes, they're still still trying to attract an Artemi Panarin, they just still have NHL play like good NHL players on their roster, right? Who should be playing? Like they shouldn't just be sitting. Like it makes no sense. What are you going to tell Kevin Hayes in a contract year? You're going to like <laughs> give him less minutes so Leas Anderson can play? Like, are you kidding me? I feel like the NHLPA would like honestly file a grievance over that. And I, I guess so. Like to me, the one another comment that stood out from Dolan. And this is actually transitioning to something that we just are just talking about between Porzingis and Hank. Is you know he asks about he's like it's still development year, but the one thing with the team that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody is Hank can carry a team. Dolan says this obviously. Um, he goes, I think our success up to this point is largely attributable to Hank, but that's not what our plan is. Our plan, of course, is to stay with Hank but develop these kids and have a potent team besides the goalie. That's coming along, but they're young, the older guys. I think they're contributing, but we're not expecting to compete for a Stanley Cup this year. Fine. But to me, in that quote, do you think he's annoyed with Lundqvist? Don't you think? Do I think Dolan is annoyed with Lundqvist? Yes. It, no, yeah, if we really think Dolan has a pulse on the team, which I mean, people love to think he does, which fine. If you, if you really read in these quotes and you're happy with everything, that's fine. I'm never going to tell you how to read anything. I, I just wasn't blown away by what anything he said. I didn't think it was anything super impressive. But to me, like that was a quote where it was just like. Do you think he's like? Do, do you think there's a conversation this year? I guess I'll just get to the point that he's going to try to have with Lundqvist again at the trade deadline. I'm sure they'll say it again, and I'm sure Hank's going to say no. I, I guarantee he says no. And I don't. I don't think they'll. They'll be. I don't think there's any like upset thing about it. I honestly don't think Dolan's like annoyed or anything with him. I he, he's earned the right to stay. So yeah, that's one hundred percent true. If he yeah. wants, I don't think. I think James Dolan realizes that because he's burnt a lot of bridges with good players in the past yeah and i think he realizes how valuable frank or hank is to the franchise is and has and, been exactly so it's like i don't i think if hank wants to ride it out here that's what's gonna happen dude again that was the only quote where i was like okay i can maybe see that being like it wasn't a shot at hank 
But it was like a, you know, obviously the only time we've gotten points this year is because Hank has played out of his skull and Kevin Hayes is the, one of the, like, the best players on the team and he's been having a hell of a year. Like, it, it, I, I just read into it differently. But it was just a question I felt asking because, again, it came out that they asked Hank last year, hey, we're doing this. You want to be here? No. But I feel like, again, once you go through another season, like he, out, Hank's not been through a season like this where it's just like they are just getting massacred. Like we said, he's even looked out of step the last couple of games. Not blaming him, not his fault. That team is just bad in front of him as well. But it, it's tough for them to not try to revisit that conversation, I feel like, and be like, hey, look at we told you this is going to suck. Like, we can make some calls and do whatever. And again, I'm sure Hank will say no. He's loyal to New York, and that's fine. Like you said, we, we've, we've both just said he's earned the right to be here for what he's done and what he is doing. But it's like, you know, for Hank's sake, is again, you have that conversation of legacy versus do you just want to finish out your career as a Ranger, which it's who knows. So, yeah, the, the Dolan thing I think was interesting. It's nice to have something else to talk about that's just not the play on the ice, or I think Dolan obviously doesn't really mention or have a foot in the door with the Rangers often. So when he does, I feel like it's worth at least worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I, I completely get it. Um, but you brought up I got another guy I want to talk about in terms of buying, selling putting up billboards, but you brought up Artemi Panarin, so I feel like we got to talk about him. Um, that, that that scumbag company in Columbus or Ohio, wherever they are, uh, put up the billboards, they'll get free. Of, uh, dude, first of all, he's, yes, uh, first of all, he's Russian, uh, so he knows good vodka, first of all. And yeah. I can't imagine, I've never heard of this brand, so I'm assuming it's local, uh, but he's not going to stay for free vodka. And... <laughs> But, of course, with our Islanders guys who, with Gotham, if you don't remember them putting up the Snow Must Go billboards, and they were responsible for that, um, now they have the billboard angle. But um, in terms of Panarin, have you changed at all of your stance? Are you still just firmly Panarin's going to be a Ranger next year? Oh, yeah. I will until the day he signs with someone else because I still think Kevin Durant's going to be a Nick. Do you actually think that, though? Which one do you think is more likely? Panarin or the Rangers. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, I I still think Panarin's coming. Uh, at the same time, uh, just everything you read, it's just he wants to be here. So uh, I'm all in for Artemi Panarin. I hope he comes no matter what because if they trade away some good players, it's going to get ugly real fast. So, and Columbus is a good team. But to quote the uh, that bum Joakim Noah, <laughs> you like it here? You you like Cleveland? I've never heard anyone say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation or anything like that. Or like, I get it's not Cleveland, it's Ohio, it's Columbus, but still, it's the same state. So yeah, I, was, I, I, I think it was you that said they couldn't even keep LeBron, like their hometown guy. Twice they lost them twice. Yeah. So like to a guy who has no allegiance, and of course he posts the picture with the billboard and stuff like that, and yeah, it's it, a good PR move. Yeah, it's smart by him. Like he's he's appeasing the fans until he leaves. He's doing the anti John Tavares. Yeah, my God, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna Tavares. They, they they're gonna lose. I, oh, they're gonna I love, lose. Hate, they're gonna lose him and Bob for nothing. Yep, I I love shitting on Cleveland. It's like I'm so happy they're just bad at everything again. It, it pains me to this day they won that one championship because they were so much fun. Just to just make fun of, and it I was like one of the few things I had in my life that and like Ovi not ever making it past second, second round. round, and they've both been taken from me. And Chris Paul never making it past second round; they've all been taken from me. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> just getting worse. Woj, it's just terrible. And don't forget, Adam Gase is now your head coach for four years. God damn, probably God. not for four years, but for at least he's getting paid for four years. Oh my God, what a joke! I hate my life, dude. 
sports fan. That's why I said, I mean, I, I talked to Claudio this week when we relaunched the movie podcast, Shameless Plug. He's like, do you want to do the movie podcast? I'm like, dude, I'd rather do anything than talk about sports right now. It's like, all my teams stink, and they're not getting better. The Mets don't spend money. The Bills, oh. the Bills, the, the Rangers are getting shellacked every night. The Knicks haven't won a game since friggin' the beginning of the season. Like, it's just nothing good happens. And obviously for you, you just got an extra kick in the nuts before we got on. So, so brutal. Just it's, brutal. It, it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll end it. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll end it on that note. Yeah, we'll end it on a little misery. Yeah, I'm, I'm battered and broken right that's now. That's to say, I, I'm going to give you time to eat and digest and take the Adam Gase thing and, you know, sleep on it. And maybe, hey, maybe, maybe it'll work out. You never know. You have to, I guess you kind of have to wait and see, you know? Oh God! Don't 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 patronize <laughs> I'm me. I'm sorry. Right I'm sorry. That was that was patronizing. I'm not even. How dare you patronize? I'm not me. even going to hide it. All right, Fitz. Where can they find you, buddy? Uh, over at FitzGSN underscore on the old Twitter machine. And you can find me at Brian Montanic. We are on Spotify. If you're listening to episode on Spotify, thank you. If you're not, if you'd rather listen to the episode on Spotify, we're there. But we're still on your other number of streaming services, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, however you want to listen. Make sure you like, rate, subscribe, review, however you got to do it. Leave us a nice comment. Uh, hit us with a retweet. Do whatever. Make sure you're following the blog at Gotham SN. We will have a, in, I'll say interesting, but we will have a different style of episode next week. We'll be planning. It's going to be still more rebuild talk, but we're going to we're going to kind of do it in a way that I don't think mostly anybody has done yet, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. So a little 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 plug for next week. Tease, a little shameless little tease. tease. Um, but that'll be a cool episode next week. It'll be a little bit different than just the normal back and forth Rangers talk. So uh, have that to look forward to. But other than that, um, you know. Just pray for the best, and we'll plug this as well because I know this is going on this weekend, but I believe it is the Saturday game between yes. the Rangers and the Islanders. Fitz, you will be making an appearance. I've yes, heard. I should should be there. Um, well, it is at Offside Tavern, which is an Islanders bar, so it's no problem. That's where we held our draft party. It was a blast. I had a blast. We all had fun with Rangers and Islanders fans. But the guys from Blue Shirts Breakaway and the Islanders writers for Gotham Sports, so Ethan, uh James Duffy and Buddy Peck. They're all going to be there with Ryan and Greg and, you know, some of the Blue Shirts Breakaways guys. And they're going to watch the day game, which I think it's a 1 o'clock start time. So if you want to go there, tickets are on. You can go to the Blue Shirts Breakaway uh, Twitter page or go to Ethan or Duffy's page and they'll have the link on there. Buy a ticket or show up the day of. But, yeah, if you want to go watch the Rangers Islanders games with some of the writers and, you know, talk shit, get drunk and have some have a good time and watch the Rangers get shellacked by the Islanders once again – then by all means, then uh, that's the event for you. But other than that, we'll see you next week. Let's go, Rangers. Oh, fuck Woody Johnson. <laughs> oh!